0: Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello friend, welcome to episode 21 of Loving Life at Home. This week I'm sharing a few of my family's favorite Christmas traditions. That's because I got the following special request from a listener this week. She writes, Hi Jennifer, I absolutely love your resources, the emails, your podcast, and your website. I'm so excited that you started the podcast. I love listening to it. Will you please do an episode on your family's favorite Christmas traditions, then do one on traditions for the rest of the year? Thank you, Celestia. Well, I think that's a great idea and I'm happy to share. But before I delve into all that, I want to clarify her compliment just a bit. In addition to my podcast, she mentioned my emails and my website. So, I'll link both of those in the show notes today. The emails that Celestia is talking about is a weekly newsletter I send out every Wednesday morning called Flanders Family Freebies. It is simply a link list of free resources that we offer through our blogs all centered around a theme. Last week's list was full of various Advent calendars, which I'll tell you more about here in a minute. A couple of weeks before that, I sent free resources for celebrating Thanksgiving, pennant banners, conversation starters, games, coloring pages, Thanksgiving hymn booklets, things like that. The week before that, it was resources for celebrating Veterans Day. You get the idea. So if you enjoy that sort of thing, be sure to subscribe through the link in today's show notes. Then I'm assuming the website Celestia mentioned is our family website, Flanders Family Home Life. I'll include a link for that one too, as it's especially popular this time of year because we offer so many free Christmas resources, party games, coloring pages, paper crafts, bucket lists, planning, charts, calendars, discussion prompts, and much, much more. This is a different website than my marriage blog, Loving Life at Home, which is associated with this podcast, but I'll include a link to both in the show notes today. So back to the Christmas traditions. Christmas traditions are valuable because they bond families and communities together and foster a sense of belonging and stability and continuity. They create memories and they give us all something to Look forward to. And they offer us an opportunity to remember and celebrate God's blessings, which for us at Christmas time center on the Lord Jesus Christ taking on flesh and being born as a man. And they teach history and reinforce important character traits like generosity and gratitude and love and joy and patience and peace and a sense of wonder. Some of our family traditions we do the exact same way every single year, and someone would probably protest if we tried to change anything. Other traditions, traditions fluctuate and morph according to the ages and interests of our children, and that's okay too. It only takes doing something two or three times for it to become a tradition. Chances are you already have several family traditions yourself, whether you recognize that fact or not. I'll group our family's favorite traditions in broad categories to help you recognize the traditions that you already have in place or choose some new ones that you'd like to adopt. So the first broad category would be Advent Calendar some way to help children count down the days until Christmas. And we've had lots of different variations of this theme that we have used over the years. One of the very first ones I remember is something they brought home from Sunday school and we continued to do every year thereafter while they were little, which was a candy kiss countdown calendar. Basically, you roll up 25 Hershey's chocolate kisses in a length of cellophane wrap and or wax paper, I guess would work too, or even tissue paper. And you tie a little length of yarn between each one so that you can snip off one at a time to count down those days until Christmas. And we always told them do something sweet to get a treat. So it would encourage them to do nice things for siblings and family. Maybe they would uh, make their siblings bed secretly that day or volunteer to do a chore that's not necessarily assigned to them, that kind of thing. So they do something sweet, they get the treat, and it helps them count those days down to Christmas. Because don't you know, when you were little, it just seemed forever before Christmas was going to get there, whereas as adults, it just flies by and I blink my eyes and it's Christmas morning. But that was one of the very first Christmas countdown calendars that we ever used. Another one that is really more Advent-centered is uh, a scripture chain that we, traditionally make each year with our children. And I have this, I designed it. It's a free printable on our website. I'll link that in the show notes as well, in case that's something you want to do. It contains 25 Bible verses that tell the story of Jesus's birth. And you just read one a day leading up to Christmas. And so there's verses from the Old Testament prophets foretelling the coming of the Messiah through Gabriel's visitation of Mary to tell her that she was going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and expecting a child. Caesar Augustus decree. That all of the world should be taxed, the angels' announcements to the shepherds that a child is born in Bethlehem, the wise men coming and bringing gifts to Jesus, culminating with Isaiah 9-6 on Christmas Day, "...for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace." So that's a more Christ-centered way of counting down the days till Christmas. But we also post a bucket list. Again, I offer a free printable of a few different Christmas lists on our family website that we have used over the years, and I'll link them in the show notes. Although I know that for certain personalities, bucket lists can be stressful. But my secret is I never view those things as a to-do list for which every single box has to be checked or I'll fail. Instead, I just use it to jog my memory and Remind me of things that our family has enjoyed doing in the past that we might like to do again, but I think there's like 67 things on my master list, and I hold no illusions that we're ever going to get to all of them on any given Christmas, but we just pick and choose the ones that seem appropriate in that season that fit easily into our schedule, and then we do those that year. However, if seeing such a long list sends your blood pressure through the roof, then I've got you covered there too because i'll link a blank printable called five ways to make christmas better Again, in the show notes, uh, just print that one out, brainstorm a handful of things that are the most important for your family to members to do this season. Just ask them and come up with a, a master list of your own of just five things, one a week that you can do in the month of December that would be meaningful to your family. Uh, it might be watching Frosty the Snowman or driving around the neighborhood and looking at Christmas lights or whatever, picking out a live tree or making some kind of Christmas candy. Just list the five that you want to work on accomplishing, and then you're good to go. Then the second broad category of Christmas traditions falls under books. Uh, we read a lot of the same stories every year. We started this with picture books like The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree by Gloria Houston, or How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss, T'was the Night Before Christmas by Clement Seymour, uh, The Twelve Days of Christmas. I really like the one that's illustrated by Hillary Knight, Oh, uh, Henry the Gift of the Magi is something that we read traditionally. There's a book called Away in the Manger that's just the lyrics to the song, to the to the carol, Away in the Manger, but it's illustrated by Thomas Kincaid. I really like that one too. Christina Rossetti's What Can I Give Him is a great one. Who is Coming to Our House, uh, again, tells the Christmas story out of Luke. That one's by Joseph Slate. I like Ezra J. Keats, The Little Drummer Boy, and Night Tree by Eve Bunting. We have a whole list. In fact, we had 25 or more of these picture books for children, and what we would do is just wrap all of the books at the beginning of the season, and then each night, they would pick one book to unwrap, and we would read it together before bedtime. And that accomplished two things. One is, when we get to the uh, section on gifts, you'll see that we don't have a lot of gifts under our tree, despite the fact that we have lots of kids. And so, uh, wrapping those same books up every year gave us gifts under the tree that the kids would get the joy of unwrapping as we went, but it also was very inexpensive because we already owned the books. And then it was encouraging reading, which was important to us. We we love to read as a family. And so... It had a lot of benefits to doing it that way. So we still have those books, and I will put those out for the grandkids to read or for our kids to read to the grandkids and share it with them now. But some of the books that we read as our kids have gotten older are, of course, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. We read that one almost every year. And we, uh, my husband and I used to take turns reading that to the family. But several years ago, I guess it's been seven or eight years maybe. We had the privilege of meeting the British actress, Miriam Margulies. Our family was involved in doing a BBC documentary, and she was the star of that show. And so she came and... Spent about three days with us interviewing and uh, filming. And she is a huge Dickens fan, just like we are. And she saw the Dickens books up on our shelves and offered to read one of our favorite passages to us. So I picked one out of A Christmas Carol for her to read. And she just is such an immensely talented actress that we have ever since listened to her read it every year. She did a recording for the BBC of A Christmas Carol. And so we just listen to that as a family now instead of Reading it ourselves because she really brings it to life. So, Dickens' Christmas Carol is one that we traditionally read or reread or listen to now on audiobook. Uh, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever by Barbara Robinson is also such a sweet story. I usually read that one at least every other year to the children. And then I have a Christmas devotional called Joy to the World that I pull out every December just to reread myself and work through a few more pages. It has word studies and writing prompts, related Bible verses on nearly every page and some of the most beautiful vintage artwork to color that you will ever see. And then we always read the Christmas story out of Luke 2 aloud on Christmas morning before opening gifts. It helps us remember the best gift any of us have ever received and the entire reason that we celebrate. And then we also, our family rereads all of our old Christmas letters again every year uh, out loud to the children. And I'll talk a little bit more about that next week, but I'll include a link in today's show notes that will tell you how and what we do in case you don't want to wait until next week to find out. Then the third broad category of Christmas traditions falls under the topic of Christmas decorations. Now, I talked a little bit about this last week in episode 20, Home Shows and Show Homes, and I'll link that again in today's show notes. But as I mentioned there, lots of our decorations are homemade. The ornaments on our trees, the stockings on the mantel, or actually ours are way too numerous now to fit on the mantle anymore. So in our current house, I hang them on an empty 14 foot long curtain rod that hangs over a huge picture window in our den because my mother made a sequined felt stocking for me and my sister when we were little. And I've continued that tradition myself. I've made uh, stockings for all 12 of my children and my five daughter-in-laws and uh, 20 grandchildren now. And so there's a bunch of stockings up there. But we also normally put out nativity scenes. Some of those we've made ourselves painted wooden pegs with felt scraps and decorated them that way. But others were gifts and others were bought after Christmas when stores used to put their holiday merchandise on 90% off the day after Christmas. But we normally put those up. And we also put up house lights and hang wreaths on the doors and the windows and put up several trees including a couple of smaller trees that I bought years and years ago at garage sales for as little as 25 cents a piece. That way the kids have something special in their room as well. 12 kids plus 20 grandkids plus multiple handmade ornaments every year means they're are way too many ornaments to fit on just one tree. So we group them according to color and theme. The brightly colored ornaments go on the den tree with all the multicolored lights and the fancy gilded ornaments go on our old fashioned tree with the white lights and the blue and white ornaments go on the tree in the dining room, etc. You get the idea. Then we also have a Christmas village that I usually set up. My mother found that at a garage sale for me for a dollar a building and it's just lovely. So I put that up. Every Christmas, ever since she's given it to me, and then we hang some pennant banners, just made out of paper. One that says "Peace on Earth" in the dining room, and another "Merry Christmas" banner in the living room. Uh, those are also free printables on my website. I'll link them in the show notes. Then the fourth category of Christmas traditions centers around movies. We rewatch many of the same movies every year, like you probably do too. "It's a Wonderful Life" is my personal favorite. Some of my children really love. Holiday Inn and White Christmas. My husband loves the movie Elf, so we rewatch that one. A lot of times we'll make time for Miracle on 34th Street, the old version, not the new one, although we don't usually see that one every single year. If we have time, we'll see it, and if we don't, we miss it. Another favorite is While You Were Sleeping, I don't know if you consider that a Christmas movie, but we do, and so we watch that in December as well. I've even created trivia quizzes for many of these movies, and you can find those on our family website as well. Then the fifth category is cards and letters. Sending and receiving Christmas cards is definitely one of my favorite things to do in the month of December, and our family has a lot of traditions surrounding the Christmas letters that we send to family and friends each year. We have so many, in fact, that I'm going to dedicate an entire podcast to that that topic hopefully next week so we'll talk more about that one then. Then six would be acts of service. An example would be shoebox stuffing. A lot of times we will host a packing party and have friends over and they'll all bring multiple copies of the same item to go into shoeboxes and we'll just pull all of our resources and pack a bunch of shoeboxes together and then once they were packed, we would gather around the boxes and pray over them before we sent them out. And then we'd share a simple meal together, usually just rice and beans, since those were the staple foods in many of the countries where the boxes were headed. And then other acts of service would include things like angel tree or working at food pantries. Several of our kids have volunteered at food pantries over the years, or ringing bells for Salvation Army. That's something that we commonly did as a family when our kids were growing up, or playing the piano and singing carols for the residents at nursing homes, or Christmas caroling in general. A lot of times we will carol around our neighborhood. Sometimes we, on cold nights, will bring thermoses of hot cocoa and pass those out to the neighbors, or candy canes with uh, the gospel message on a little tag. I have a free printable for that on my website. The point is building family traditions around acts of service is a great way to keep the spirit of Christmas alive in your home. Then the seventh category, Category would be special events. These would include things like the candlelight service that we normally attend on Christmas Eve at our church, or even if we're out of town, we'll find a church nearby that has a candlelight service. And then Christmas concerts, our homeschool group, host a Christmas concert every year right before Thanksgiving that we've always enjoyed and we've continued to go to that even after my kids graduated and are no longer singing in that choir. We missed it this year because we were out of town that weekend, but we plan to keep going in the future. Another thing we traditionally do is our city opens up several of the downtown museums for free one night in early December every year and we try to attend that. We go to the Goodman Museum and the Discovery Science Place and the Railroad Museum and a couple of others. Neighboring cities have several similar events Christmas parades, outdoor movies, home shows, like I mentioned last week in my podcast. Holiday markets will a lot of times attend some of those. There was a church in Jacksonville, just uh, south of us, that used to host a walk through Nativity when my children were younger. That was just awesome. They don't do it anymore, but every year that they did, we would drive out to Jacksonville and go through this walk through Nativity. Other churches in our area, sponsor drive through nativities, and we try to make the rounds through those as well when we're in town. Then when we first moved to Tyler, we would participate in the Jingle Bell Run that they would have every December, the first part of December. uh, There was a 5K and a One Mile Fun Run that you could enter for the price of a canned food donation to the local soup kitchen. And so we would do that with all of our kids. And we'd probably have kept on doing this too, except that the event ended up conflicting with another event that we traditionally went to, and so the 5K lost out. Then closely related to special events is places to go, and when I think of this, I think first and foremost of my grandparents' house. My family traditionally celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve morning, and then we would drive to Oklahoma every year to spend Christmas Eve evening and Christmas Day with my father's parents. There are such great memories that I have associated with spending time at their house. Then uh, driving around local neighborhoods, looking at lights is something else that we like to do. Lots of families do that. We usually try to drive up to Dallas. My mom still lives near Dallas, and we'll go to the Arboretum, the Dallas Arboretum, at some point during the Christmas season. They have a wonderful collection of huge lighted gazebos on display for most of the month of December, or all of the month of December. I think they put them up even before Thanksgiving, and they have uh, one for each of the 12 days of Christmas. And the mechanical all lit up it's really impressive then they also have a wonderful christmas village full of victorian era carolers and uh, just wonderful memories there so we try to do that each year too Then for the past five years, our families gathered in San Antonio for a week before Christmas, and there's a long list of activities that we do in San Antonio every year. I'll probably eventually do a podcast devoted to that here in a couple of weeks uh, since we're about to head that way again. Then the ninth category, Christmas tradition, centers on food. I have two great memories associated with food from my own childhood, part of which I've tried to carry on and do with my own children. One is that my mother would always fix a huge Christmas breakfast. That's mainly because we were always traveling on Christmas uh, Eve day and our traditional Christmas meal growing up would be that breakfast that we ate Christmas Eve morning after opening uh, gifts, which was our Christmas at home before we spent Christmas Day with my parent with my dad's family, but uh, she would always make a huge egg breakfast casserole with ham and cheese, really delicious, and a fruit salad and biscuits. Uh, for my family, I usually make blueberry oat muffins instead of the biscuits. I'll link the recipe to that in today's show notes as well. But I love having a big Christmas breakfast together as soon as the gifts are open. And then um, the other thing from my childhood is that my mom and dad would do... Un- a lot of baking each December, making things that they only made one time a year, like a fantasy fudge, which was always my favorite. That was the fudge that was made with marshmallow cream. It's so creamy and they put pecans in it. So delicious. Then they'd make sausage balls and a cheese log, a pecan roll, some ranger cookies. That was my sister's favorite. They made something called cathedral window cookies that were uh, colored marshmallows coated in chocolate with nuts. And then you'd slice them and you'd see all those colorful marshmallows. And it looked kind of like stained glass, so cathedral window cookies. Uh, they'd make homemade Chex Mix. That was before it was available in packages, and it tasted so much better than what the package stuff is. Martha Washington Balls. Those were coconut balls dipped in dark chocolate. Mm, that was delicious. Bite-sized pumpkin pies. They'd make vegetable pizza and peanut brittle. More than a dozen recipes in all they'd make every year, and it was delicious. And they would do some entertaining, and so they'd serve it at parties as well, but A lot of it was eaten just by our family, which I only had one sister. So that was a lot of sugar and too much probably to continue that tradition in my own family, especially with four diabetics in my family now. But I do make the sausage balls and the veggie pizza I've made for my family many, many times. And I usually do whip up one batch of that fantasy fudge each year. But I'm thinking about adding those cheese rolls this year because I know a couple of my boys that are still at home would absolutely love that. They love cheese and crackers. So, whether it's turkey and dressing or Christmas ham or homemade tamales, you've got to eat anyway. So picking a favorite family recipe or two is an easy way to add new traditions to your Christmas agenda. Then the 10th category is music. Now I love Christmas music. Like I mentioned last week in the podcast, I will crank it up and sing it all year long. But I had a favorite CD of traditional carols, all the carols I grew up singing in church that I kept in my car year round again, but my husband forgot to pull it out of the CD player one time when he traded in that car several years ago. So that one's lost and I've been playing my second favorite CD ever since, which is Bing Crosby. It's about half traditional church carols and half secular songs like Jingle Bells and Silver Bells and Kaliki Maka and things like that. But it's a lot of fun. I love the swing rhythm and the harmony. It's really wonderful. Then school concerts, church concerts, Christmas caroling ourselves, as I've already mentioned. Sometimes we do those things multiple times. When my daughter Bethany was in college, she brought home a friend from Switzerland to spend the holidays with us one year. And I think our family caroled about seven times while she was with us, which was a lot even for us, but just fell out that way that particular year. And I'm sure that friend probably thought that all we knew how to do was sing Christmas carols for fun, but that's how it went down that year. And then the 11th category is fun and games. I think that play is so important to a family and making those wonderful memories together and bonding with your children and spouse is a great way to go about it. And when you have as many kids as we do, everything turns into a competition. In addition to the aforementioned movie trivia games, we also play general Christmas trivia games and Christmas word games and I spy games and musical games and a slew of others. I offer dozens of these on our family website as free printable downloads. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes today. Another thing that we like doing is jigsaw puzzles. I have so many fond memories from child ...of my parents sitting up late with all the aunts and uncles piecing together jigsaw puzzles in the kitchen at mommy, mom, and papa's house while all the kids were bedded down in the next room in sleeping bags on the floor of the den. And it was such a safe and happy feeling laying there in bed and listening or laying there in my sleeping bag and listening to all that laughter and chatter drifting in from the next room as they all joked and worked and concentrated and ribbed one another. That's probably why I still love working jigsaw puzzles today Given my family history, it seems like the adult thing to do. The kids went to bed early, the adults stayed up and worked on the jigsaw puzzles. And fortunately, a few of my own children love working puzzles as much or more than I do, which has helped keep that particular tradition alive for a couple more generations. This year, I even bought a puzzle a day advent calendar for my daughter, my youngest, who is a big puzzle hound. And so we've been working on that already this year. Then most of those ants and uncles that were working on those original Christmas puzzles drove to Sulphur, Oklahoma from Texas. But my Aunt Gwen, who was second born just after my dad, who was the oldest, still lived in the same town as my grandparents. So she and her family would always go home to sleep on Christmas Eve and come back on Christmas morning. Once it got too late, they'd just go home. And sometimes they'd have to leave before the puzzle was quite finished. But every time when they did, never fail, my Uncle Ray would sneak one piece piece of that puzzle back home in his pocket so that he could be the one to put the final piece in at breakfast the next morning, which was really an irritating but simultaneously hilarious thing to do. And it became a Christmas tradition unto itself. So whether you like board games or physical games or thinking games or goofball games or competitive games, I'd encourage you to find some way to play together as a family this Christmas. Laughter is a great medicine and play usually provides generous doses of it. Something that has become a new Christmas tradition in our family has been family challenges that my son Samuel and his wife Becca sponsor every year. These are often elaborate contests with amazing prizes that they announce months ahead of time to allow family members plenty of time to prepare for it. And I think their first year, the challenge was financial fitness. Everybody was encouraged to read a book on some money issue and then submit a written report summarizing the key takeaways. Then the entire family voted on the best report using a grading rubric that my son designed, and the winner got a generous cash prize. Another year, the challenge was physical fitness, and we all got points for health, and we exercised with bonus points awarded for maintaining an unbroken streak of three times per week, 20 minutes per exercise session. And then last year, it was a geography challenge. Each person studied a different country, and then we presented PowerPoint presentations on it to the entire group. There was a time limit, I think maybe five minutes, I can't remember, and some of us went all out. We dressed in the native garb of the country we were studying or presenting on. We served traditional foods, sang folk songs from that country, shared treats from the country that we studied. It was very educational for everyone. And for the record, though, my thoroughly researched and very well-written financial say finished dead last that year. Last year, my PowerPoint on Poland won the grand prize, which was a very generous donation made in my honor to the charity of my choice, which I think is an awesome prize. Then this Christmas, Sam and Becker are sponsoring a Bible memory challenge, which I've been preparing for all year long. And I will link my best memory techniques and today's show notes as well, if I can remember to do that. Then the last category is gifts. Obviously, gifts are a big part of Christmas. Jesus is God's gift to us, and he set the example for us, and so we give gifts to one another. And I hear from a lot of people that just assume our Christmas must be over the top with so many people in our family and so many children to buy for. But I will have to be honest with you, we have really downplayed the gift giving aspect of Christmas in our family. We have limited our gifts to what fits in a stocking. Every child gets A stocking, like I've already talked about, they all have a handmade stocking by me, and I fill it on Christmas morning. And then we normally put one family gift under the tree. All growing up, they would have one gift under the tree that the family shared. It would be maybe a book that we would read together as a family, or one year it was a slack line that they were all challenged to Uh, You know, the first one that learned how to walk all the way across the slack line from one tree to the other was promised $10 as a prize, or it may be a family game or some art supplies or something of that nature, so a family gift under the tree plus stockings for most of their growing up years was their Christmas, in addition to what they would get from grandparents, which I really encourage grandparents to give consumable gifts like art supplies, that kind of thing, so that we didn't just live in a house that were up to our eyeballs with toys, especially since the classic toys, the building toys, the balls, and and baby dolls really last for the most part. You know, if you have Lincoln Logs, they're going to last through all 12 kids. You don't have to keep getting a new set of Lincoln Logs or a new set of Duplos or a new wooden train for every child. You just keep playing with the first set for the rest of your parenting experience. So we didn't really need a lot like that. But as our kids started getting older, they wanted to experience gift giving as well. And so the older ones came up with the idea of drawing secret Santa names. So we draw names for the children and they will buy one gift for one sibling and so each person has one gift under the tree in addition to the family gift now. Uh, For many years before we did Secret Santa, the extra gifts under the tree were the books that I wrapped up and that we would unwrap one a day and read together. So Christmas traditions, it's never too late to start a new tradition. If you hear something you like that appeals to you and you think your family would enjoy it, then just start now. And it's also never too late to quit a tradition. It doesn't matter if you've done it 10 years in a row, if it no longer serves your family or is no longer meaningful, it is okay to drop it. Don't feel like you have to keep doing something just because you've always done it that way. Uh, for years and years, I took my children to see the Nutcracker every year. And um, I love the music and enjoyed the ballet. But we reached a point when my son said, please don't make us sit through the Nutcracker anymore. And so we dropped it. The important thing is that you're spending time together as a Family doing things you all enjoy that strengthen your family bonds and draw you closer together. And if that means doing the same things every year the same way, then that's great. Go for it. If it means doing something totally new every single year as a family and experiencing a new adventure together, that's fine too. Every family is different, and the important thing is to spend time together and create memories together that will draw you closer to one another and hopefully closer to the Lord as we focus at Christmas time on the birth of Jesus and the reason God sent him to earth in the first place, which was to die for our sins because of his great love for us. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. I pray that you will have a merry and meaningful Christmas as you celebrate in your own home this year. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, do me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.